Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. This episode is brought to you by Facebook Blueprint. Learn everything about building a business using Facebook, Instagram, and their growing family of apps and services for free. Everyone has a next level. So whether you're just getting started or want to hone your existing marketing skills, there's a free online course to help. Visit fb.me slash blueprint slash adweek to learn more. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. It's the Adweek podcast where we talk about marketing, media, advertising, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor with Adweek. Back with me again is Doug Zanger, an editor on the Creative and Agency Beats. Uh, Doug, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. Also got back. Uh, is this two in a row, Christina? We got Christina Monlos uh, back again, the editor of our uh, our brand marketing editor. Welcome back. Back to back. Back to back, you guys. <laughs> thanks for having me. And also back to round out uh, our it's like our regulars panel here. We've got Katie Richards, a staff writer on the Brand Marketing Beat. Katie, always a pleasure. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the best ads of 2018. Uh, and instead of just kind of, can we do have an official list that we'll be publishing uh, very soon. But uh, this is going to be a little more fun. We're just going to have each of us is going to kind of go through our favorites of the year. Uh, and uh, we'll probably acknowledge a few somewhat obvious uh, picks and then maybe just have some fun uh, talking about ones that maybe maybe some of the listeners have forgotten or maybe we just personally kind of loved. But first, let's talk about a little news. All right, so Burger King. <laughs> that's it. I'm just going to – that's it. All right, we're done with news. Okay, now. Um, great. Burger King, what a what a run they've had this, this year, last year. Uh, they have become uh, the kind of stunt champions. And what's fascinating to me about this is that they it's not just one agency, right? It's not like back when Burger King was working with Crispin Porter and, you know, they were doing great stuff like left and right with this one agency. And then when that agency was gone, all the good work stopped. This is like a bunch of different agencies. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about David Miami uh, and, uh, you know, some of the different shops they've worked with. But this time around, it is FCB New York, uh, which I did not honestly even know was working with Burger King. They created something called Whopper Detour. And this is one of their... Well, I was going to say one of their weirder uh, campaigns, which is saying but something. But they've been so weird. I know. I'm just like the last year. I don't know where this fits in the pantheon of weirdness. Uh, they pretty weird. It's weird. It's a so it's, it's up there. So like detour, Whopper detour. Um, basically, it's a it's a promotion for their mobile app, uh, the Burger King mobile app, and when you drive within 600 feet of a McDonald's. Uh, you um, it unlocks a one cent Whopper coupon, which of course then you have to drive to a Burger King uh, to redeem. 
uh, they to announce this, they did what they say you do not have to do. They staged a thing where people went to the drive-thrus of McDonald's and started ordering Whoppers. And of course, they're like, "We don't sell the Whopper." Uh, let's listen to a little bit of that. It's it's you know clearly this was all kind of I'm not gonna say staged in that the McDonald's people were in on it, but uh, but clearly this was all just like let's do this and confuse these poor these poor people in advance. Uh, so here's a little bit of of how they announced it. This is McDonald's. Yeah. But you don't have the Burger King Whopper here. We don't have Whoppers here. This isn't Burger King. No, no, no. The app for Burger King? You see it? I believe you. I see it, but we don't have that. So we can come to McDonald's and get a Whopper, yeah? Maybe in another state. So, you know, I'll go ahead and say that this thing was a huge hit. It was a huge publicity coup. I mean, they this thing got covered. Like, we cover all the weird nonsense that Burger King does. <laughs> like, we're, we're an advertising site. You know, it's like we're going to write this stuff up no matter what. We've covered a bunch. But, uh, man, this thing went everywhere. It was on, you know, CNN and uh, Fernando Machado, the global CMO, was interviewed on CNN about it. Uh, they It was picked up by literally every major news outlet. Uh, just kind of became one of those things that just blows up everywhere, which surprised me just because it was so weird. Um, and uh, and it also worked in the sense of driving downloads of their app. They got over a million downloads in 36 hours. Uh, that put them at a total of, I believe, about 6 million uh, total downloads so far. And it most importantly, probably for them, it shot them to the top of the iTunes uh, App Store downloads chart. Obviously, on the free side, uh, the same day that they were number one, I think McDonald's app was number 42. Uh, so, you know, it worked. And they got a bunch of publicity, they got a bunch of downloads, and it, it, it you know, did what it set out to do. Uh, Christina, I'm just curious, what did you think of this one? I think that it is brilliant, strange, and um, kind of <laughs> dickish, which is... <laughs> <laughs> which is it's a technical term. I, I guess how I would define a lot of the Burger King marketing lately is just like, oh, okay, we're gonna do something real weird. We might say a little f you to our competitors, and we're we're gonna have fun while doing it. Um, I, I just thinking about Burger King in general this year. I think that as you were saying, like it's not the agency that is coming out. Like it's not one particular agency that's coming out and being like this is our work and like we have defined this brand but really like hats off to fernando man he he goes mm-hmm. weird he has some fun and he's i don't know he's created marketing that's really worth talking about i will say I really hope that McDonald's employees are not actually being harassed because of this. I hope that it's all in good fun and that uh, that no one is going to McDonald's and being a jerk to a employee over there just because, you know, um, workers at a fast food restaurant do not deserve ire ever. Like, be kind to people. I mean, it's, um, it's like this whole vibe of, you know, drive up and basically circle around and I just picture like it, it's like someone calling your name out of a car window, and then you go yeah, and then they just flick you off. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like such a weird vibe of just like, and, and it reminds me too how you know I've joked about this on Twitter that that you know McDonald's ads are always just like you should be nicer to people. You should spend more time with family. You should take your loved ones out and and be kind to them. That's like every McDonald's ad, right? And then like Wendy's <laughs> and Burger King are just like. You should burn to the ground, McDonald's. <laughs> like, it's just like they're both so mean. <laughs> they're both just like the world has gone to shit, so you might as well get weird. Like that's that's the vibe for guess, those two brands. I, I guess as long as it's McDonald's, it's punching up, you know. But uh, yeah, Katie, I mean, what do you think of this trend of like? It seems like this is only going to encourage Burger King to continue just trolling as hard as they can on McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're totally right, and. I think that's what the people want these days. They want their brands being (laughs) sassy and they want their brands like getting into weird conversations with each other, even if McDonald's isn't going to respond. But like think about on Twitter when brands just troll each other and like say weird things to each other all the time. People love it. And I think Burger King was really smart to kind of like pick that trend off of social media and bring it into the real world with this weird thing also, like one cent for a Whopper. Like, how are they doing that? I just don't understand how that's, that's a, a classic good business loss leader. decision. That's, that's your classic loss yeah. leader. 
I mean, the, the, and how many people are going to redeem it? You know, it's it's cup- mm-hmm. coupons are notoriously not as uh, as cost prohibitive as they sound because I think the redemption rate is often like a single digit percent you know yeah um but but no i mean it's i i will give some credit here i'll I'll at least you know for devil's advocate's sake say like burger king's last campaign was kind of picking on burger king it was you know people it was photos of cars that drove into burger king locations and crashed into them uh and the the it was for their delivery oh my god i forgot about that one yeah and so that one's kind of like not the most positive message of themselves similarly of course they're famous uh you know store their locations on fire you know photos of their locations burning and it just said like flame broiled since whatever (laughs) so you know it's not like they're not picking on themselves also they did a really sweet thing in argentina uh where their mcdonald's has a day um I think it's called the McHappy Day, uh, but but essentially every Big Mac sold that day, uh, they donate uh, the money to charity to a child's cancer charity, and so there was this this day where uh, all the Argentine uh, Burger Kings stopped selling Whoppers, and if you tried to buy one, they said no, you should go to McDonald's and buy a Big Mac instead. Um, and that was like just this one day, Hey, you know, kind of in the vein of the, if you remember the peace whopper or the mech whopper, like trying to get McDonald's to partner with them on, on international. So it's almost like Burger King tried the nice route <laughs> and now they're just like, Oh, okay. If, if you want to dance, we'll dance. <laughs> but, um, the, the one thing that I learned from, uh, from Fernando Machado is last, last spring I was at the worldwide partners, North America conference and he spoke. And the, the one thing that he pointed out is no matter what sort of stunt or activation or, or campaign like this, that they do, the most important thing that he said is to get a minimum of 2 billion impressions. So that's really the bar. So what I learned is, is, you know, going to the agencies and saying, all right, we need to get a minimum of 2 billion impressions for this to work. So that's what's driving a lot of this. And so far, it it clearly seems to be working. I, I'm curious to just see how many more, more ideas they can come up with because, I mean, can can it last forever? Can can you continue to have these ideas that that drive billions and billions of impressions? Um, I, I mean, I'd be real curious to see how that unfolds in the next few years. Yeah, the uh, you know Alex Bogusky, who recently returned to CPB, his old motto was you know what is the press release? Uh, you know what is the the headline here of of each campaign? Right, like cause they want to generate headlines. This is in that same vein, but I think what modern Burger King is doing. Uh, really well is they are filling a few different gaps in the daily content like grist mill of how much content the internet and and media needs right now is yeah I mean advertising publications like ours are covering their stuff but then also it's stuff that sounds good in a tweet it's stuff that looks good in an Instagram video like it's compelling but then also it's like the perfect fodder for those uh, like morning news shows where they're like did you hear about this one right Burger King is telling people to go to McDonald's and it's just every country has that now and like multiple networks have to fill, you know, some of these shows are two, three hours. And it's not to say that that's new, but this whole like conversational, oh man, do you see, and like putting tweets up on the screen and all that, they've just kind of, I don't know, they're just filling that perfect kind of modern media cycle, uh, you know, needs and, uh, eh, you know, good for them. I, I did want to talk about one other while we're talking about debatably mean-spirited uh, stunts like this. Uh, let's talk about Pelosi. We, we didn't get to t- talk about this <laughs> la- last week. Uh, Payless, uh, the uh, famously affordable shoe store, uh, they opened a fake luxury um, store called Pelosi. It looked very Italian. Uh, n- there was no sign it was run by Payless. It was all very convincingly fake. They even had like fake websites with ads kind of driving people in case anyone Googled it. They invited a bunch of influencers, fashion influencers, had them come out. These shoes that are normally 20 to $40 were priced at uh, $400. And they wanted to see how people would react. And of course, people were like gushing about how great the shoes were. People were paying up to $640 uh, for these very cheap shoes. And then the big reveal at the end was, hey, these are all actually pay less. And, you know, they, they didn't quite like yell, you got punked at these people. But <laughs> like it was like it it really blew up, uh, you know, maybe even bigger than the Burger King one. And I, I think it blew up for a few different reasons. Christina, it felt like people 
kind of enjoyed the fact that this made a lot of influencers look like it kind of showed the emperor wears no oh, clothes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think there are a lot of people out in out in the world who are just like fuck influencers. Influencers are dumb. Uh, this these are just like modern day grifters who can be convinced of anything and they'll they'll shill anything that they can for a dollar. And it's like this is the kind of this is the kind of work that's like, yeah, they're they'll do that. I guess I guess you guys are right in thinking influencers are not great. Well, it, um, the the original video was a little harsher than they they did a follow up that we posted later, a longer one where you see more of the influencers' reactions. And let, let's listen to a little bit of that because I think it it reflects better on them because they're like, oh, you know, I like this brand, like that's cool. I've always been a big fan of them, and you know, so it's like the, some of that got cut from the original, and I think contributed to the influencers looking awful. Um, I don't know if this necessarily redeems it, but it, at least you can see that they handled it well. There's a reason their faces aren't blurred. <laughs> they kind of went along with it because I think they were like, oh, yeah, cool. That's a good message that you don't have to spend this much money. Let's listen to a little bit from that one just to give people a sense of it. You've got to be kidding me. Shut up. Are you serious? No. Wait, did I just pay too much? <laughs> I love Christian Siriano. Oh, I would support this. Anyone who bought the shoes got them from us as a free gift, but we proved that they could sell for over 10 times the normal Payless price. Now anyone can come into Payless and get these same exact shoes for as low as $19.99. I am very, very happy with this purchase and I will be going to Payless for a lot more shoes. Yeah, Katie, what, what was your, like, what do you think's the takeaway from this for you know, other brands. Cause this is like, it has so many 2018, like overlapping circles here. You've got like the pop-ups and you've got fake and you've got, you know, it's like the diesel thing maxed yeah. with a, it's like all this put together. Uh, you covered the diesel one too, where they, you know, open their own kind of knockoff store of themselves that this one reminded me a bit of that. Uh, what do you think are the takeaways from this? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I really just hope that brands don't try too hard to replicate this because I did really get a lot of like diesel vibes from this. And while I do think it was done really well and it was incredibly savage and amazing, uh, I don't think it's going to be something that all brands can do and replicate well. I think there's a way for certain brands to, to get in on this and, and try their hand at, at doing something similar. But just because it's a success doesn't mean everyone should do it. That's kind of my my key takeaway there. I missed it, but apparently Duncan did something similar this week where they created like a fake uh, coffee shop oh, and God. and called Sip with like an exclamation point as the eye and tricked people into drinking Duncan coffee, but like from like a premium coffee shop. Yeah. See, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I get it, but it's just kind of like you can't it's not going to work for everyone. Well, and I've had yeah. that. I've had one of those like reveals kind of sprung on me where someone's like, "Drink this, okay? Now, now drink this. What do you think of that one?" And I'm like, "Is it the same? Is it the same thing?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like you can sometimes you can just see this crap coming a mile away, and and uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, well, yeah. that's the thing. I don't totally buy the Payless one because. I like you're looking at those shoes and you're like, no, I'm sorry. Like, what person in their right mind would be like, six hundred dollars, please? No. What well, I those, think I did not. No. I think the Just, best no. the best rebuttal I heard on that one was someone said like, wait, so what were they supposed to say? Like, when someone says, how much would you pay for this? Like, oh geez, man, like I don't know, ten bucks. <laughs> This piece of garbage. <laughs> like, why are you up? So, like, were the influencers supposed to just like be complete jerks to what they thought was like a luxury store and just be like, "Oh, I would never pay more than twenty dollars for this." Well, let me but let me they, let me ask you this: They you, look cheap. You, well, yeah, but let me ask you this: Would this have worked anywhere but Los Angeles? I mean, if you had tried this in New York or somewhere else, do you think it would have worked? I don't want to shit on Los Angeles no, no, no. as a city. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying though. I, it, it's like I feel like in New York they'd be like, eh, you know, twenty bucks. I, I don't know. It, I, I think it depends on the the caliber of the influencers. Like if you pick high end influencers that are working with like major brands all the time, then maybe it wouldn't work. But if you pick those that are kind of like looking to break through and like mm. maybe have, you know, a couple thousand ten thousands of followers then maybe it might have worked um 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it just depends on who who would have been there. I, I, you know, it reminded me how people have. I've always read these articles in Esquire and stuff. Of like when you walk into it, when a guy, I guess, walks into a fancy hotel or whatever, the first thing they look at is your shoes, and they want to know like how much money do you have, and they can tell by your shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, I look at cheap shoes, I look at nice shoes. They all look the damn same to me. Like I'm just one of those people's like. I don't know, man. I wouldn't have a clue how to tell. Like, maybe it's just a brand awareness thing. But And I also, I don't care. And I think even if I had a million dollars, I would not go spend, you know, a thousand bucks on a pair of shoes. Uh, to. But just... I also think that's gotten harder to actually do because, you know, long ago there was not that long ago I guess there like <laughs> people would wear professional things and now like most offices you go to millennials uh this is the one thing I will agree with on like the millennials killed this like we wear sweatshirts to work and like running sneakers and what's wrong with that? skinny jeans. What's wrong I'm with wearing... that? There's nothing wrong. There's, absolutely There's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. that. Christina, There's that's literally my nothing outfit wrong with today. It. That's what yeah. I'm wearing. Oh my god! Yeah. Right now. Same. I work for. I work, but, all, most of us work from home. Christina, come on. I'm I'm currently wearing sweatpants. I'm aware, but what I'm, but what I'm saying is like I think it's become harder to spot like ooh that person makes like a hundred k a year by looking at someone's wingtips because very few people are wearing wingtips and most people are wearing shitty sneakers or like or like really nice sneakers but like it gets harder when you're looking at someone's shoes so if an esquire article is like was saying that today i'd be like bullshit you're wrong the you know we had a a few of us met up at the what's called rain's law room the um the speakeasy that's near i think our new office uh but um it, uh, you know, it's a somewhat nice place. I don't think you have to look super nice, but a, fr- a friend of mine just happened to be in town and uh, he's a sushi chef and uh, ran into him. And I texted him, I was like, hey, you should come join us at uh, Rain's Law Room. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm just getting off work. I'm wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. And uh, I and he's like, am I going to be okay there? And I said, y- everyone will assume you're the richest person here. <laughs> because like you're going to be the look the one, they're going to assume that that black t-shirt you're wearing is like $300. And that, you know, it's just like, because that's the thing now is that, like, the, the folks who have the money dress like they don't, you know, and, and it, but it's always like that shirt's. $400, but looks like a $10 shirt. Um, anyway. All right. Well, we could talk about this uh, for quite a while, but we have a lot of ads to talk about. So let's move on to our big discussion of the week, which is, uh, whew, yeah, it's uh, going to be the best ads of the year. Let's take a little break. We'll come back and we'll hash it out. Support from our show today comes from our friends at Facebook Blueprint. Building a successful business is only half the challenge. Facebook Blueprint gives you free training and tools to teach you everything you need to know about building your brand presence on Facebook and taking your business to the next level. Visit fb.me slash blueprint slash adweek to learn more. All right, it's time for the Battle Royale. Uh, let's, I'm just going to pick, uh, we're each going to kind of walk through, let's say, you know, five or so of our ads. If uh, if one of them has some really good audio, because uh, not all ads do, uh, then we'll stop and play some of it, um, especially if we haven't featured it recently on the podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'll, about, I'll roll a die here and say, Katie, why don't you go first? Uh, what what were your top ads of the year? All right, so I'm doing all five at once here, right? Yeah, count, count us down to your number one. Okay, cool. That's a lot of talking. All right, so my first one is a PSA. Um, from the Truth campaign called Treatment Box. It was done by 72 and Sunny. And they basically what they did was they put this box up in downtown New York City. And on the screen, they featured um, video. Like it was meant to be like a live stream of a woman in her first three days of detoxing um, from opioid addiction. And it's really intense. Uh, it's, you know, not an easy thing to watch, but I think what I really loved about this campaign was it just kind of it forced people to see what opioid addiction looks like and how it's affecting people. I mean, I feel like you hear you hear the word a lot, you hear that it's a problem, but you don't really see it every day, not necessarily. And, you know, the story comes out that it's a dancer who injured her ankle and she was prescribed pills from her doctor and that's how it happened. And it's kind of like you learn it could happen to anyone. And I thought it was just a really powerful campaign. So that was my number five. Yeah. Excellent. Um, number four is also a kind of dramatic one. Um, 
So this one was a Nike campaign featuring um, a University of Oregon running student with cerebral palsy. And basically, you know, Nike decides to sign him to a pro contract. He's the first athlete with cerebral palsy to join Nike. And, you know, they capture that moment when he's told that he will be joining Nike as a as a pro athlete, basically. And he breaks down in tears and it's just all of his teammates are around him. And it's a very sweet moment. I think I've cried every time I've watched it. And, you know, it's it's kind of hard to not, you know, feel that excitement for him when you see it. I think it's just really well captured, that emotion and that feeling um, that he has in that moment. So that's yeah, that, that's I, I wish, you know, no podcast can do that one justice. People really need to, to look it up and watch it just because watching his reaction is is 100 percent of it. Yeah. So then number three um, is a Spotify campaign that came out in May and it was um, there was some out of home stuff with it. And there were also a couple of ads. The out of home stuff is is OK. I think Spotify has done some better work. Um, some better billboard stuff in the past, but there's two ads that are part of it. Um, one is called Chase, and basically it was touting their, um, you know, their free streaming platform, and that you know you can you don't have to pay to to get great music. And it, basically, it's just this. It opens. It's like a. It feels like it's an action movie. There's a car chase happening. There's a bad guy. He's on the top of a the roof of a car, and he's like got a gun, and they're being chased by the police. And then all of a sudden, Miley Cyrus's wonderful song "Wrecking Ball" comes on, and it's like a very jarring <laughs> moment. And they all start like lip syncing, and they're like fighting, but they're like, "Oh my God, wait, is this Wrecking Ball?" And they start singing. It's just very funny. Um, and I think it was just a very, you know, cool way for Spotify to tell that story that, you know, music brings people together no matter what's going on, even in these dramatic circumstances. So that one I really enjoyed as well. Great. Um, all right. Number two. Uh, okay. Well, I was kind of torn between my top two, but I'm going to say number two is a Amazon Prime video campaign from Droga5. And ah, Droga Five London. Droga Five London. Yes, thank yeah. you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is really just hilarious, and I, it basically it tells this kind of simple truth that when you're streaming a TV show or you're binging it, you get like really into it, and it's a it's a good show. You just like can't stop thinking about it, and it it does that by you know the main characters in these ads are like literally becoming these characters. They're developing the personalities of the characters. So so one is for the show Vikings, and it's a woman in an office. And she's kind of passive. You know, she starts the show, and she's a little passive. A man sits down next to her on the sub or on the bus, and she kind of, like, huddles up and makes room for him. And she lets someone cut her in line for coffee. And that's, you know, episode three. Then episode four comes along and she starts to be like this badass that's like, no, I'm not going to read this stack of papers that this man just dropped on my desk. And like she just gets really into it. And by the end, she's like slamming her fists on on the table when someone takes her coffee mug. And it's basically saying, you know, great shows stay with you. And I thought that was just a very clever way to to tell that in a very funny way. And there's a couple of different iterations of that, uh, one for Jack Ryan, one for Luther, um, the Outlander one is pretty good as well. So that one, uh, yeah, that was a funny one and a, a nice, you know, reprieve from all the terrible things going on in the world. Yeah, the uh, the scene of her like banging the lunch tray or <laughs> and just primal screaming. At the yeah, dude. it's great. It's one of my favorite ad moments of 2018. The only time I wish I was still in the office yeah. to come in there and slam things around. I was like, yep, goals. So if you if you hear about me doing that, that's why. I was inspired by Amazon. <laughs> All right. Time for, time for the big reveal. What's your number uh, one? Yeah. So probably to no one's surprise, my favorite ad of the year was the Spike Jones HomePod ad for Apple um, with FKA Twigs. And I know we've, you know, we've talked about this one over and over again, especially on the podcast, but I just loved it so much. It's just, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And the choreography, the music, the way that they just make the set move, it's all just an incredible, artistic, beautiful thing to watch. And I could watch it, you know, over and over and over again. It's just 
Spectacular. So that's that's my number one. The uh, I, I was watching it uh, again just the other day because TBWA, the agency network that made that one, was our global agency of the year. We featured a bunch of their creative from this year. Uh, that one, of course, from TBWA Media Arts Lab, which is their uh, Apple-only dedicated agency. But man, every, you just—it's one of those great ads where you just spot something new every single time. Like I noticed this time that the umbrella that she has, kind of leaning against a wall, when she pushes the wall, the the umbrella gets extended in the way oh, that the wow. wall the wall does and like it looks like the arm of a couch or something the first time you watch it but then you realize oh that's the brown of the umbrella and just stuff like that where you're like oh my god there's so much yeah. here <laughs> yeah it's the details incredible um let's jump to doug zanger um you you know what doug one thing i both love and and hate about you is uh that w- <laughs> <laughs> we uh i mean the list is <laughs> The list is long. This will be <laughs> cathartic for me. Uh, no, it's uh, is that you and I disagree quite a bit. Like on on not necessarily on whether an ad is good. I think we always kind of agree on whether an ad is good. It's just like when it came down to like what are the best ads of the year. I feel like you and I have pretty different lists uh, just in terms of what we consider a superlative. Uh, so I'm fascinated to hear what were your uh, what were your top five. Uh, yeah, I I do like that we uh, that we argue a little bit on this stuff. So I'm going to start number five with a series of bizarre candy ads for Lacto, which is a Mondelez brand. Uh, these are from Wyden and Kennedy, Brazil. And these, these five ads show this thing called Chocolate World. But instead of like happy fun times you would expect with candy, uh, this, this Chocolate World community is under siege by the ingredients of the particular bar. So meaning cookies, cocoa, and caramel. So in one spot, a city is completely destroyed. And in another one, an astronaut is smashed by a cookie representing a huge asteroid. Uh, A skier is running down a hill of chocolate being chased by a squirrel and being dismembered. And the caramel represents the blood. So it's just weird, random, and um, it, I mean graphic, but it, it, and it was just really a, a different way to advertise in general, but especially for um, you know for chocolate. <laughs> so that was uh, that was number five for me. Number four was a Can Lions winner in the craft category from Ogilvy Chicago for Kiwi, the shoe polish. And these are long-form ads, so long-form long form copy that is tracing the steps of some legendary figures in history, including Muhammad Ali, Ernest Hemingway, Amelia Earhart, and Abraham Lincoln. So we see a pair of their shoes, and then surrounding that is a narrative um, about the person where we learn more about their backstories, their motivations, and what I, I think what I really liked about this is, you know, it's a, it's a nod to copywriters, um, David, you and I uh, cutting our teeth on that. Uh, but I thought it was, you know, I thought it was really nice, um, you know, a really nice way to to tell these stories. And actually, the president of the craft uh, lion jury, Yang Yao, he's a creative at Hakuhodo in Singapore. He said, "Craft seems to be a secondary consideration." But it's the bait that we put at the end of the hook, so we need to continue to use that to engage audiences. And he also said, I can't remember the last time that me and my jury were touched by words, a long copy ad, we were engaged from the word go. So I thought that was you know, a surprising win, uh, but a pleasant surprise as well. Uh, number three is coming from Iceland for the Reykjavik Marathon. And this comes from a small agency called Brandenburg. And... It's it's it really fun fun ad with a lot of classic film Easter eggs and it's the the hook on this is that it, it features some of Iceland's biggest uh, biggest celebrities uh, of which I know all of you know Iceland's biggest celebrities um, <laughs> but the the creative brief was asking people why they run so what ended up happening was the agency found out that that all these actors wanted to participate in this campaign so. They took the brief and then extended extended it to why actors run. So these these were recreations of all of these moments where actors are running in films. So it's Sleeping Beauty, The Graduate, Goodfellas, the the plane scene in North by Northwest, and it's it's a really nice, pacey, fun, just incredibly well done ad. And another you know another sidebar to this was. 
they got this thing done so quickly. It was filmed in 13 locations in two days. So I thought that was a really that was a really fun one. So that was number three for me. Wait, um, Doug. Mm-hmm. Wait one moment. I feel mm-hmm. like you also have to include, if you're going to talk about Iceland, that you particularly have a weird obsession with like ice, Iceland and specifically the murder detective genre. Nor, nor, Nordic, Nordic noir. Exactly. Yes. I feel like yes. that's an important side note. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a disclaimer? I've learned that, so that much I like today. I, 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 right, that I like Icelandic crime novels? Is I, that what I this is? I feel like that, that's an important note to mention that like you you of all people would love <laughs> like that. So t- take, his picks, take his picks with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, th- thanks. I, I love this vote of confidence I'm getting from the team. Oh, it's it's so wonderful. All right, continue your your uh, bad choices. What else do you yes. have? At number two. No. Okay, thank you. Uh, number two is one that came up just recently for Elkjop. Oh, you're stealing uh, my Elkjop. Okay, go for it. You want? No, no, no. You want no, to take your, that it's one? Yours. It's yours. Go for it. Okay, so this is a four minute beauty for an electronics retailer from NordDDB in Stockholm. Definitely not your typical holiday ad. So it's this emotional roller coaster that tells the story of a young girl visiting an older distant relative who seems pretty distant emotionally. She sneaks into a barn at the house and she finds a a broken up airplane. And we learn the backstory of this relative. And it's all told through a series of, I mean, really, you know, haunting and lovely flashbacks that show a very complicated story where we see him experiencing joy, victory, love, pain, loss, every emotion you can think of. Uh, So the hookup with the brand here is the girl ends up flying her drone into a tree. She smashes it into bits. And then we learn that the man has bought her a new drone from Elkjop so that she can experience the same joy of flight as he did. So, I mean, it's, it's, David, would you agree? It's completely unexpected because we're so used to holiday ads being, you know, sunny. This was, I mean, this was really, um, it was unexpected and powerful. Wouldn't you I mean, agree? You, you do not need to watch The English Patient. You can just watch this ad. <laughs> right. And in four minutes, you That's... pretty much get everything that you get. And I love The English Patient. Like, it's... Yes. I, so this ad, like, I just have to give a quick sidebar. Is like, and Doug and I talked about this. It was very emotional for me. Um, you know, this this person, they don't, they don't specify his relationship to her. Maybe great-grandfather, maybe some kind of, like, great-uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, but... He was a pilot. Uh, he was in a war, probably World War II, um, and, uh, you know, that he had this very fascinating life, but then he clearly suffered from depression, isolation, self-enforced isolation uh, for most of his adult life, and that's kind of—this is about him seeming very distant. And uh, my grandfather was a World War II veteran, taught himself how to fly when he was a, a teenager, um, and, you know, from this very poor— uh, part of Missouri and, you know, worked worked really hard to save up enough money to basically buy a broken airplane. He fixed it up, ended up, that ended up saving his life because when he went to enlist after Pearl Harbor, uh, he they were like, oh, can you teach other people how to fly? And he was like, sure. So they and he ended up being a flight instructor at age 18 uh, in the what would eventually become the Air Force, the Army Air Corps. And had this amazing life, just this incredible life, uh, but then, uh, you know, suffered uh, most of his life from depression and was always very distant uh, with us. And, like, we had several moments exactly like uh, this ad of finding his photo binders, you know, and just these memories of of him being a P-47 pilot and fighting in the Pacific and all the stuff that he did and just this incredible life. and so, yeah, this man, oh, it hit me hard. And uh, I went to lunch with yeah. my mom yesterday, and I was telling her that, that he died uh, five years ago this Christmas um, at uh, age 92. And I was telling my mom about it at lunch yesterday, and I'm just describing the plot. And she was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> that is literally like an ad yeah. about my father. And so, uh, yeah, just I had a very visceral emotional reaction to this ad in a good way, like in the sense of just being like, oh, yeah. my God. And to like have something that personal, that close to your own life and not have it feel like they kind of exploited that or anything like, oh, it's just it's beautifully done. Let, let's listen. Even though the you really need to see it, let's listen to just a little bit of the voiceover of the woman kind of as an adult uh, describing this experience from when she was a child. So let, let's listen to a little bit of that. I came too close. 
But you chose to tell me everything. You collected sunsets. Who are you going to give them to? Your life could be so long. And still, so short. How could you already be there? There, without me. All right, Doug. We're in agreement on that one. Uh, what is your yes, number one? All right, so I think because of where I live, everyone's going to think, "Oh, you're going to take the Kaepernick spot," and and I I, I believe it is one of the one of the best. Uh, but I tried to be I tried to you know pivot a little bit here. Uh, my favorite ad of the year is one from Japan for uh, Shiseido, and this hap- this came out around uh, I want to say it was around Halloween time. Yeah. It was in October. So this is an elaborate, beautiful film about unspoken love. So it's Halloween on a party bus and a woman dressed as Princess Kaguya at the beginning of the film. She's holding the hand of someone dressed as a samurai, uh, only to be diverted by a man who we believe is her boyfriend dressed as Dracula. That's not exactly clear. So from there, the woman's makeup peels off and becomes these beautiful dancing figures on her face for a moment. And then Dracula tries to kiss her. And the woman stops, runs from the bus to the samurai with whom she had held hands with earlier, who turns out to be another woman with, uh, you know, equally bold makeup on. So they end up kissing at the end. Their lipstick morphs into two waltzing figures, and they apparently live happy ever after. Um, I just thought this was, you know, it was really artistic. It was beautiful. It was delicate. It was inclusive. Uh, it was just this, this piece of creativity that just stopped me in my tracks. And, and I just thought this is just, this is beautiful. And this is what advertising really can be. Um, so that's it, probably a little bit unexpected, but, uh, this is the one that I just, I loved it. I, when I first saw it, I thought that's my ad of the year. And there were several that, uh, you know, that, that could have gone to the top as well. But in the final analysis, this is the one that I thought was the best. Yeah. Yeah. And I should note, uh, Shiseido just won the Grand Prix in film at uh, the Epico Awards for that one, uh, which is judged by journalists, including our own managing editor, Steph Patrick. Uh, so that was uh, probably the first awards cycle since that ad came out. So probably a good sign. It'll do quite well at Cannes and elsewhere. Shiseido, probably most famous for their last big uh, hit, uh, which was... High School Girls, I think was the name of it, but it was about a room full of uh, high school girls that turn out to be boys uh, and, you know, in makeup and, you know, it tells the shows them and then shows them in reverse. Uh, and that one was a huge hit. Also won Grand Prix at Epica and Gold at Cannes. Uh, so, yeah, really good picks. Uh, Christina, tell us yours. Okay. I will. I will tell you my favorite ads of the year. Um, my first uh, pick, which will be my number five, is completely self-serving stay with me though um earlier this year i got to write my favorite headline i've ever written which was (laughs) yes i'm laughing at myself um the billboard industry thanks thanked three billboards using three billboards inspired billboards yes the four billboard classic headline (laughs) yes So I am a sucker for good out-of-home creative, and these particular billboards are certainly not the best billboards of the year, but I really appreciate the fact that the, um, let's see, the Outdoor Advertising Association of America capitalized on a movie being nominated and winning Oscars uh, to... Uh, put up a bunch of billboards talking about the billboard industry. I mean, you guys, so silly. We are in a billboard renaissance of sorts. I feel like a lot of um, the work that we end up talking about on the site and the work that we love, it's like these poppy, beautiful billboards. And just for them to be like, you know what? We have this window to talk about billboards and we're gonna take it. I appreciate it and I loved it and I've loved it all year. So 
kudos, O-A-A-A. You did great. <laughs> um, my, my next one uh, would probably be uh, the South by Southwest experience that uh, Giant Spoon created for Westworld. Um, if you have a television show that is all about people being able to escape their realities with this whole park, and then you're actually able to create that park, man, what an accomplishment. We talked about it a bit last week when we were talking about Giant Spoon, um, so I'm not going to get into it too much, but I loved it. It was great. Good job, guys. Um, so that's my number four. Now, my number three is actually HomePod. And again, we have talked about the FKA Twigs masterpiece many a time on the pod, so don't need to revisit that. Uh, I will say, um, <laughs> say Spike Spike Jones has heard how often we talk about the HomePod on this podcast that he's become a listener. If Spike Jones is listening... <laughs> Uh, please give us another movie. Uh, we love your advertising, <laughs> but we'd love a follow-up to her at any time. So just a plea for Spike. Um, then my number one and two, they really fought it out in my mind against each other. Um, do I pick the mascot that has gotten uh, <laughs> gotten me to pay attention to a Philadelphia hockey team for number one? No, unfortunately, they Gritty is number two for me. I like the Gritty. Look, gritty is your ad, like number two ad of the year. He, he is everything. He is all things to all people. Gritty is. is amazing. Look, we have a giant feature on our website by our news editor, Jameson Fleming, who had the brilliant idea of going to talk to the people who created the monster that is Gritty. And it is a marketing coup. Like, I don't care about sports, period. I don't care about mascots. I don't even care about the Philly fr frenetic, phonetic. I don't even know how to say it's it. The fanatic. Fanatic. It's come on. Fanatic. Come on. But man, do I care about what Gritty is up to on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> and that has everything to do uh, with the marketing team behind Gritty. So kudos. You are my number two of the year. But as a lifelong Philadelphia sports fan, that's very well done. <laughs> they they did a great job. Uh, my number one is, it has to go to Tie Dad. Oh, I, I hate wow. to say it. I just, there was a pure joy that I felt watching the first Tie Dad with the whole, like, Adweek newsroom. Yeah, like all of us gathered around a computer. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it is very rare for any marketing to make me feel any sense of joy. This one did that. And it did it, like, repeatedly. It wasn't just watching it with the team, which was great. But it was, like, night of, and then watching it again. God damn, David Harbour is a great actor. I mean, he sells the hell out of that concept. And Sachi and Sachi did such a good job. And you don't even think about Tide Pods. Like, you have to remember that they were able to create this, like, really weird meta... Uh, just overall bonkers campaign that took over the Super Bowl that everyone loved. And it was about advertising in general, and it completely distracted you from what happened with those Tide Pods. So they, they get number one. I'm hoping that, you know, any sort of Super Bowl marketing this year could also top my list next year. Please make fun ads this year, you guys. Please make some fun Super Bowl ads and tell us about them. Email me. I want to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just using this whole thing as Please a self-serving way. Yeah, if you don't want to remember to how to spell Christina Monlos, you can email podcast at adweek.com. <laughs> we, will, we will get that over to her. Um, all right. That's a very solid yeah. list. Uh, I was wondering if, I feel like we're leaving out a, like, a few somewhat obvious choices um but also yeah. very very good choices and i kind of wondered if anyone would hit tide or if it's been a long time since february since first week of february uh and so i feel like a lot of people have already kind of forgotten like no one has mentioned 
uh, Alexa lost her, uh, loses her voice. Um, or, you know, it's like some of the, these kind of real home runs. I, I will say for my list, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of spoiler alert here. Something that do, what do I really think was the best ad of the year? Uh, the Colin Kaepernick, uh, print slash digital ad, uh, for Nike, yep. um, I think is the best and most important ad of the year. I think it's the kind of ad we will still be talking about 10 years from now. That's the benchmark I always put out there is like, will we be talking about this ad a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? I think that's one of the only ones, even in the list I'm going to give, that we will still be talking about uh, as an iconic kind of turning point ad. That said, I'm not going to talk about that one because <laughs> like we've all we've all heard plenty about that one. I also wanted to give a quick honorary mention too, because it also gets overlooked a lot in the year's discussion is... Web of Fries. Do you remember this one? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. that's that's a great one. Web that's of Fries a really was a, a a two part uh, fake movie trailer uh, from Taco Bell uh, from Agency Deutsch, which we don't get talk about as much uh, lately as as you know used to be a real creative kind of dominator. Uh, but man, Web of Fries is so good. So the first one is a is a like fake kind of conspiracy trailer. Uh, you know, conspiracy movie. The second one is even better. It is uh, basically explaining the the burger wars or the fast food wars that are the backdrop of Demolition Man, uh, the the '90s movie. And so that's like the second first one's a conspiracy. Then the second one is takes place in, the, in this dystopian future during the the like fast food wars. They're they're great. So quick honorary mention for those. But I'm gonna say that my number five is one we talked about quite recently, Viva La Volva from Agency AMV, oh, BBDO, yeah. and Labress, otherwise known as Body Form. This was their follow-up to uh, Blood Normal. Uh, this is a uh, basically a you know largely a pads company, uh, but they did a piece, uh, and, and someone chided me on Twitter for saying that it was a celebration of vaginas, and they were saying, no, it's just about vulvas. I, I would say it's that distinction, yes, is important, but more importantly, it's about taking pride in yourself and not feeling shame. It's about a major shift in the way that women's products are marketed, and it's joyous. It's a gorgeous ad. It's perfectly done. It's like three or four minutes long, uh, and I could watch every minute of it. It's it's fantastic. Uh, it's I wouldn't even say it's like uncomfortable for people who have issues like with anatomy. Like I'd say it's it's just a beautiful ad. It's funny and it's got a great spirit to it. Um, and uh, again, we've talked about it recently, so I won't really linger on that one. But really, a fantastic uh, AMV BBDO had uh, several pieces, maybe even uh, more. We'll talk about on our final list, but uh, that one was definitely my favorite. They did. I'm going to stick around London for a minute to shout out another ad that we all kind of forget because it was so long ago in 2018, and 2018 has been seven years long. Um, nothing beats a Londoner. You guys remember that from oh, Nike? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Wow. Nike, oh, Widen and Kennedy, London. Um, this one was fascinating, A, because it's one of the best ads um, I've ever seen, but also because it was like taken off the air and removed from the internet, not in some kind of cool way, <laughs> not like this was intentional, but because some other company called, I think, Londoner sued them or threatened to sue them. They, they've been very mum. They've kind of refused to talk about this, um, Wyden. And um, so I don't know the whole backstory, um, but uh, they had to remove the ad pretty quickly. That said, it's still won gold at Cannes. It's still one of my absolute favorite ads. It is this ultra-local ad just kind of referencing all the different subcultures of athletes in London uh, and people talking about how hard it is for them to to do their thing, like ice skating or uh, playing rugby, you know, and it's just oh, it's so fantastic. Um, let's, uh, let's listen, just because I don't think any of my others have any good audio, let's listen to a little bit of just the almost impossible to understand <laughs> British British uh, voices from, from this very fast-paced ad. No one plays ice hockey in London. I have to be my own team. My own opposition. And my own coach. Yeah? Yeah? Well, I have to run to training. Coach my own coach. Carry my whole team. And I'm best mates. What would the role be? No, no. All right. So that's, my, that's my number four. Number three, uh, Elton John Lewis. Uh, the John Lewis ad from Adam and Eve DDB. This was the celebration of John Lew of uh, Elton John's career, uh, which of course we've heard a lot from Elton John this year. He was in an AMV BBDO ad for Snickers, which wasn't that great. Um, 
But this time around, man, what a... It's my favorite uh, John Lewis ad since um, since Monty the Penguin. Uh, I think it's gorgeous. I loved seeing people talking about it who have nothing to do with advertising, which is kind of my bar of like whether an ad actually breaks through. Uh, just just a fantastic spot, and you know it goes back in time through his different uh, aspects of his career, all the way back to his childhood, and shows a Christmas day when he re- received his first piano. It's just a beautiful ad. It's so well done. Um, in and they didn't use CG uh, to de-age Elton John. They just hired actors who pretty much looked the part. They were all unknowns, uh, as far as I know. And uh, yeah, just man, what a good ad! All right. Uh, and uh, number two is the ad you pee on from Oakstrom Holst for IKEA. I'm sure you guys remember this, right? Excellent choice. Okay, so this is the ad that if you think you might be pregnant, you pee on it. It's a print ad, of course, not not a digital ad. That'd be really destructive. Um, and you, you pee on the print ad, and it changes color, I believe, and tells you if you're pregnant. And if so, you get a discount <laughs> on, on like, uh, children's, like, cribs or bedding or whatever for babies at Ikea. Uh, I told my, my kids about this the other day. <laughs> my daughter raised a good point. She goes, what if it doesn't change color? <laughs> you just you just peed on an ad for no good reason. Like I was like, that oh is my a, God. That's a valid question. Uh, this, uh, it won, oh, it won a bunch. I want to say it won a Grand Clio. Uh, maybe, did it win Grand Prix at Cannes? It did very well. Um, but this was very early. This thing came out like January 3rd of 2018. I so. want to know how many people peed on it, which is a weird yeah. thing to want to yeah, know. Classic but... question of True. advertising. <laughs> but yeah. I just want to know. Did it work? Yeah. yeah. Um, More people have probably peed on any given uh, like bus shelter ad than this entire IKEA ad. Like, did it work? No. Did it get people talking about IKEA? Uh, yes. And so it's this from Okustum Holst, who was our international agency of the year last year. Uh, Okustum didn't really do much else this year that got a lot of attention, but man, this one was fantastic. They did some other quite nice IKEA stuff this year, but uh, they do IKEA's hometown, basically, marketing uh, in Sweden. Uh, and then uh, number one, was also a print ad. Uh, my favorite ad of the year was a headline three letters long. Just said FCK. Of course. This was yes, Mother is. London's print ad for KFC UK apologizing for all the stores being closed and running out of chicken in the in the UK. Uh, and they just changed the KFC logo to say FCK and they put it on their bucket. Uh, we had a fantastic interview with the head of marketing uh, for KFC UK and also uh, Hermetti Ballerin from Mother at Cannes this year. And the headline that I ended up using and my favorite line from any interview I've ever done is uh, I asked, what was your response when the agency told you what they wanted to do? And she said, I think I said, you want me to write fuck on a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I don't know if I'll ever hear a better quote in an ad, but uh, it worked and it got them. Uh, I mean, it only works in Britain, right? This is not an ad that necessarily works in America, but people there loved it. It ran in the tabloids. It ran all over. It got a lot of positive. It, it rebuilt their image uh, almost immediately from people being very upset. And just a fantastic ad. It was responsive. Uh, it shows what happens when you actually loop your creative agency in uh, instead of just calling your lawyer. And, uh, you know, just there's <laughs> there's so much to learn here. But honestly, the best part of that interview, in addition to that line, was the fact that they just clearly have a great relationship, uh, you know, that they clearly respect each other. And that's so rare these days for agencies, uh, you know, for the clients to really respect their agencies as partners. Uh, and not just as a vendor um, is something that I'd like to see a lot more of. So, uh, you know, I loved all the other ones we've talked about today. Um, but uh, Welcome Home, of course, from Apple, just one of the best ads of all time. But in terms of ones I wanted to contribute, the, those are probably my favorites. All right, we are out of time. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for joining. And thank you for a wonderful 2018. Uh, we will... I think we have one more episode uh, this year, um, but uh, then we will be back in 2019. Uh, so, Christina, Katie, uh, if we don't, I'm sure we'll talk in real life again. But if I don't talk to you on the podcast again, have a great uh, Christmas and a great New Year's. Yeah, you too. Thanks, you too. And Doug, uh, probably talk to you again soon. But uh, yeah, thanks. It's been great having you on the Adweek staff uh, as of this year. And uh, looking forward to working with you even more next year. Appreciate it. 
All right, our theme music is by Home. Uh, this episode was edited by Lane McGivney and produced by Anya Fernando with audio production by Josh Rios. Thank you, Lane, Anya, and Josh. Please take a moment, if you haven't already, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. I'm David Griner with Adweek, and uh, be sure to check out our full list of uh, best ads of the year online, and we will be back to talk to you soon. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.